you're listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church, where we're reaching up to God and out to people. Tune in for sermons from lead pastor Kent Dixon and from time to time guest preachers as well. Welcome to Braemar Cast. Well, on each Sunday of the Advent season, we will recognize one of the four virtues that Jesus brings us. Hope, love, joy, and peace. And I want to tell you something interesting. As a still fairly new pastor, when you begin to read about Advent and all the col- what the colors mean and the orders and which word is which week and all of those things, every denomination is pretty much different. Churches within denominations are different. So my apologies to you if my order of these this year is different than what you may be used to. It will be okay. I promised you that. And there is intentionality behind this. I've been reading a lot, and so you will hear the, the four words that you expect to hear, but the order may be different, and it will be okay, and there is thought behind it. So this morning, as we continue in this season of Advent, we're lighting our first candle, which represents hope. Our second candle is love. Today, like the shepherds, we watch for signs of the Messiah's birth. And we celebrate the good news that was proclaimed for all people. Saying, as we read in the Gospel of Luke, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, Peace on those to whom his favor rests. We reflect on the wonder of the manger, which represents God's rescue mission to save us, to save us as his beloved children. I want to begin this morning, our sermon this morning, with a couple of brief stories. J. Edgar Hoover, maybe you know the name. He ran the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. No question about it, he was in charge. As a result, almost all of his subordinates were on the lookout for ways to impress their powerful boss. So a young FBI agent was put in charge of the FBI's supply department. And in an effort to cut some costs and impress his boss, he reduced the size of the office memo paper. One of these new memo sheets soon ended up on Hoover's desk, the director of the FBI. Hoover took one look at it. If you know anything about him, he was an intense dude. He took one look at it, determined that he didn't like the size of the margins on the paper, and quickly scribbled on the memo, watch the borders, cast it aside. The memo was passed on through the office. For the next six weeks, it was nearly impossible to enter the United States from either Mexico or Canada because the FBI were watching the borders. But why were the FBI watching the borders? Well, they thought they had received a very specific warning from their chief, but in fact, they hadn't. They had transformed an innocuous comment, something that was stationary related, into a solemn warning. Another story. 
Professional golfer Tommy Bolt was playing in Los Angeles, and he had a caddy who had a reputation of being a bit of a talker. So before they teed off, Bolt was a very specific kind of a guy. He said, do not say a word to me. If I ask you something, you just answer yes or no. That's it. So during their round of golf, Bolt found the ball next to a tree where he had to hit it under a branch, over a lake, and onto the green. Difficult shot. He got down on his knees, looked through the trees, and sized it up. What do you think? He asked the caddy. Five iron? No, Mr. Bolt, the caddy said. What do you mean not a five iron, Bolt snorted? Just watch this shot. Caddy rolled his eyes. No, no, Mr. Bolt. But Bolt hit it, and the ball stopped about two feet from the hole. It was beautiful. He turned to his caddy, handed him the five iron, and said, Now, what do you think about that? You can talk now, by the way. Mr. Bolt, the caddy said, that wasn't your ball. The messages that we send and how they're interpreted by others can be important. But the result of our attempts to get our message across can sometimes differ from our intentions, can't they? Have you ever said something to someone and had them react in totally the opposite way you expected? And then in shock and horror, you begin to, or maybe you don't, begin to analyze, what did I say? How did I set them off? I'm that way. I begin to filter, right? I begin to self-analyze and say, what did I say? I can't, I can't imagine. I have friends who uh, immediately will shut down if they accidentally set someone off because they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to respond. Have you ever considered the fact that here on earth, we may get so busy living our lives and pursuing our own agendas that we actually become pretty much deaf to God's voice? We don't hear what God is trying to tell us. If you've read the Bible at all, you can see God trying to communicate his message, God seeking to communicate his message to his people. But so often, I think we can relate to this as well, we don't always get it. But do you also recognize something amazing in that? God, in his infinite patience and love for us, rather than giving up in frustration, can you imagine thousands of years of dealing with us, dealing with the fact that we don't listen or we listen and do something else or we just don't get it? Rather than giving up in frustration, God continues to seek to reveal himself to us in ways that we can understand. He doesn't give up. He looks for ways that will catch our attention and hopefully in the process, catch our hearts as well. And then finally, God sent, that's not finally as in the end of the sermon, by the way. You were getting all excited. Finally, already? Yes! Finally, God sent his very own son to communicate his message, didn't he? We recognize that in a way that we could better understand it. That, my friends, is the miracle of Christmas. And that's the title and theme of our sermon this morning, the miracle 
of the message. This year, our Advent sermon series is called The Miracles of Christmas, as you know. But it's not enough to know about the miracles of Christmas. We need to experience them. We need to experience them in our own hearts and in our own lives. And as, as we began last week, we're, we're using one of my favorite Christmas movies, Miracle on 34th Street, to help us illustrate and understand some of this, some of the miracle of Christmas. And there's one point in the movie where Chris Kringle is sitting in the big Santa chair at Cole's department store, and he's welcoming children to come and sit on Santa's knee and tell, tell him what they would like for Christmas. And he interacts with a little girl who has come to the store like other children to see Santa Claus. And so you really need to see this movie. I, <laughs> I have friends who say, that's not a Christmas movie. Elf is a Christmas movie. Yeah, okay. But there are classics and there are pseudo-Christmas movies. And I do like Elf, by the way. But you really need to see Miracle on 34th Street. And I will do my best over the coming weeks not to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it or you don't know the story. But part of the plot is that the daughter of Mrs. Walker, Mrs. Walker is the woman who is responsible for the marketing for Cole's department store. She plans the big Thanksgiving Santa Claus parade. And why Thanksgiving Santa Claus? Because as you may know, the U.S. holiday season smashes Thanksgiving and Christmas together into one huge long celebration. So Mrs. Walker does not particularly believe in Santa Claus. And so by association, her daughter doesn't really as well. And she's little. She's about eight But she's there at the department store visiting her mom and she observes Santa interacting with this little girl in a way that she could understand. It turns out that this little girl is deaf. And Kris Kringle communicates with her in a way that she's able to understand. He uses sign language. He was able to speak her language. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2 records the miracle of the message of God. It says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. God sent Jesus to communicate his message in a way that we can understand. The miracle of the message is that God still speaks to us today so that we can know him and draw near to him. We can recognize as we read the Bible that throughout history, as I talked about a bit a moment ago, God has been speaking and acting with the intent of revealing himself to his people. He wants us to know him. He wants us to love him, to grow in relationship with him, and to worship him. And God also reveals himself to us through his creation, through the sunrise and sunset, 
through the sun, the moon, and the stars, the universe and the sky around us, through all living things, plants and animals. Throughout recorded history, God has been communicating his message to his people in so many amazing ways. As we read in scripture, through visions and dreams, through angels, through symbols, natural events, many, many other means. And it's amazing to recognize that like God himself, God's revelation is not limited in any way. It's not restricted to a single place, a single time, or a single way of getting his message across. God's been speaking throughout history in a variety of places, through a variety of means in order to make his will known to us. I don't know if you've ever learned this, but this is interesting. Before Jesus came, if you notice in Scripture, before Jesus came, there had been 400 years of silence. What does that mean? Well, since the prophet Malachi spoke, he spoke his last prophecy from God. There had been no prophets since then until John the Baptist arrived. And we all know, most of us, I hope, know what John's message was about and who John's message was about. God's revelations in the Old Testament were somewhat fragmentary, somewhat occasional and progressive because no single one of them could contain the whole truth, the big picture. The individual prophecies could not adequately capture the full picture of God's nature. God had been speaking through these prophecies, but people weren't getting the message. They really didn't fully understand God's heart. They didn't understand God's ultimate plan. And many people over the course of the Old Testament, as we read, were speaking for God. But in some ways, they misrepresented him, not intentionally, But a lot of early prophecies would result in confusion. Why? Because they were parts of the whole. So God was progressively revealing his truth. Have you ever tried to put together a puzzle without looking at the picture on the cover of the box? It's fun in a not not very fun sort of way. But you may get a sense, like think of it that way, you may get a sense of what the picture is. Hopefully you know to start from the edges. But it can be confusing, right? You may be able to get a sense of the whole story, a sense of what the bigger picture would be, but it's likely still unclear. And that's a bit what we're talking a bit like what we're talking about here with individual prophecies because they capture part of God's message but are unable to really capture the whole thing. But then at last, God sent his son, his only son, to bring the message to us directly in person. In the Lord Jesus Christ, God revealed himself directly to us. Do you recognize that? 
It's absolutely true that God revealed himself through the words spoken by Jesus, through Jesus' ministry, and through his message. But God also did more than that when he sent Jesus. Because Jesus Christ is the living, divine Son of God. Do you hear me say, is there, not was? Jesus did more than proclaim God's message as other prophets had done. Jesus is God's message. Jesus came to reveal God, to make him known to us in ways that we can understand. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say of Jesus in chapter 1, verse 3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty in heaven. John's gospel describes Jesus as the word becoming flesh and living among us. Do you want to know what God is like? Look to Jesus. When Philip asked Jesus to show them the Father, Jesus replied, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus also declares in John 10, verse 30, I and the Father are one. The miracle of the message, my friends, is that not only the fact that God speaks to us today through his Son, but also that this message that God is communicating to us through Jesus and in Jesus has the power to transform our lives. Christmas is the celebration of the greatest message ever proclaimed. Emmanuel, God with us. God came near to us through Jesus so that through him we could draw near to God. 1 Timothy 2 verse 6 says, Jesus gave his life as a ransom for all. For all. The miracle of the message is that in Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. Jesus came so that God could reveal himself and his plan to us in a way that we could understand. Jesus came to proclaim God's message that we can be set free from sin's hold on our lives. But why would Jesus give himself? Why would he give his life? And why was that part of God's plan? Friends, God acted in this way. God took this action because there was no other way. 
And because he wanted us to know how dearly and deeply he loves us. He wanted us to know that we've been created for a reason. That we might know God and love him. Jesus came to proclaim that message that we have been set free. And that we no longer have to be prisoners in sin and regret. This past year, some of you may have heard or received messages that certainly changed your life. Message from a doctor telling you the test was positive. Or using those words, it's cancer. Perhaps a message from a teenager saying, I'm pregnant. The message from a spouse saying, I, I don't love you anymore. I, I want a divorce. As a result of messages you have received in your life, your life has changed. Your circumstances have changed, perhaps. But in the midst of it all, I want you to recognize that there is another message. God says to us, nothing whatsoever can ever separate you from my love. God tells us, trust in me with all your heart and don't try to figure it out on your own. Stay focused on me and I will lead you where you need to go. That's a promise. In the midst of life's betrayals and bitter messages, God whispers to us, forgive people who treat you badly. In the midst of life's messages of joy and celebration, God shouts, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. The miracle of Christmas, friends, is the miracle of the message. It's simple. God loves you and me. Now, are you listening? Believe the message that God is telling you. And your life will never, I promise you, never be the same. You've been listening to Braemar Cast, the podcast of Braemar Baptist Church. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can also visit our website at braemarbaptist.com. That's B-R-A-E-M-A-R-Baptist.com. God bless you.